Section 23 of The Crime of the French Café and Other Stories This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nancy Cochran Gergen, Gilbert, Arizona. The Crime of the French Café and Other Stories by Nicholas Carter. The Mystery of St. Agnes's Hospital. Chapter 3. The Doctor Offers a Bribe nick was not greatly surprised by his discovery he knew that dr jarvis was a sleepwalker the reader may remember the case of a young woman who in her sleep walked nearly a mile on broadway and was awakened by a policeman to whom she could give no account of her wanderings at that time the newspapers had a good deal to say about sleepwalking and several good stories were printed about dr jarvis the doctor was sensitive on the subject and he had threatened the most dreadful vengeance if he ever found out who had betrayed his secret to the reporters. These stories came into Nick's mind at once. He decided to witness this strange scene to the end. There was, however, little more to be observed. The doctor extinguished the lights and ascended the stairs. He paused a moment beside the mutilated body, put away his knife, drew the cloth over the corpse, and then turned toward his room nick followed and entered the room close behind the somnambulist it is sometimes possible to question a person in that condition and to learn what he would not disclose when awake some such intention was in nick's mind but he had no opportunity of executing it the doctor walked to the window of which the shade was drawn accidentally he touched the cord and the shade which worked with a spring shut up making a loud noise with a peculiar hoarse cry the doctor awoke he exhibited the nervous terror common at such times he jumped back from the window and turned toward the bed nick disguised as cleary stood directly before him it was impossible to avoid discovery the moonlight flooded the room cleary cried the doctor why are you here i heard you moving about sir replied nick imitating Cleary's voice, which had very little of the ordinary peculiarities of the negro. Indeed, he was an educated man. "'Walking in my sleep again,' muttered the doctor. "'And such dreams! Great heaven! Such dreams!' "'I thought you must have had a bad nightmare,' said Nick. "'I have. It was dreadful.' The doctor pressed his hands to his head. "'What did you dream, sir?' "'What business is that of yours, you infernal, inquisitive rascal?' "'Well, sir,' said Nick respectfully, "'I thought, from what you did—' "'Did? What did I do?' Nick very briefly described the scene which he had witnessed. Dr. Jarvis seemed overcome with horror. "'Is it possible?' he cried. Then suddenly he turned and hurried out into the laboratory. He went straight to the corpse upon the slab of stone— and drew back the cloth. Nick followed, and together they gazed upon the mutilated body. It seemed to Nick that it was the same which he had seen before, and which he had known to be not that of Patrick Deaver. But in the uncertain light he could not be certain. Dr. Jarvis gave him little time for making his decision. He hastily replaced the cloth, shuddering convulsively as he did so. Then he returned to his room. He sat down upon the edge of his cot, 
and held his head in his hands. When he looked up, his violent mood had passed away. He seemed to wish to talk. It was a hideous dream, he said. Murder? asked Nick. There was murder in it, replied the doctor. I thought that I had killed... that I had killed a man. Patrick Deaver? How the devil did you know that? cried the doctor, springing to his feet. Well, sir, the man has disappeared, and... and somebody has been filling your head with foolish stories. Who was it? Mr. Deaver was asking some questions about his brother. And you told him everything you knew, and a good deal more, I suppose? I didn't tell him anything. It's lucky for you that you didn't. Now, look here, Clary, you know where your interest lies. Don't you lose a good job by talking too much. No, sir, I won't. But there's something in dreams, and... There was agony in this one. I thought that I had killed Deaver, and was obliged to hide his body. I felt that the police were close upon me. It seemed as if I had only one night in which to make myself safe. I thought first of burning the body in the furnace. Then it seemed best to use the acid. Heavens, I am glad to be awake again. Such a dream as that means something, sir. It means this. That miserable, drunken rascal has disappeared, and I am likely to have trouble about it. He'll come back. I don't know about that. Perhaps he won't come back. Have you any idea where he is, sir? Do you think I killed him, Cleary? No, sir, certainly not. But suppose I did. What then? Well, sir, it's a terrible thing. I... Would you betray me? I would not say a word unless I was sure that you were guilty. Even then, why should you speak? There's a conscience, and... Nonsense! What business is it of yours? Now look here. You think a good deal more about money than you do about your conscience. I've got money, and I'm willing to pay well to keep out of trouble. But I don't want to get into any. You won't. All you've got to do is to keep still. Keep still about what, sir? This sleepwalking tonight. I won't say a word unless... Nick hesitated. He wished to give the doctor the impression that his innocence was by no means clear, and that the idea of shielding a murderer was not to be entertained. His acting was evidently successful. "'Look here, Cleary,' said the doctor. "'I don't trust you. There's just one thing that will satisfy me. You must get away.' The doctor was trembling violently. Evidently fear had taken possession of him. "'Get away?' asked Nick, as if surprised. Yes, I'm afraid of you. You will talk. But where shall I go? Go to Australia, said Dr. Jarvis, after a moment's reflection. You have no family. It makes no difference to you where you go, so long as you have money. How much money? In that safe, said the doctor, pointing to a steel box in the corner. There is enough to start you. I have about five thousand dollars in cash there, and I will send ten times as much more after you. Is that enough? You take my breath away, said Dick. When must I go? At once, tonight. But, Dr. Jarvis, don't talk. Do it. If fifty thousand dollars isn't enough, you shall have a hundred thousand within six months. How do I know that you will send it? 
If I don't, come back and denounce me. But how will you explain my going? I will say that you have gone to Europe for me as you did go three years ago. Nick shook his head. Dr. Jarvis, said he, I've worked for you twenty years, and I think as much of you as of any man living. But I can't do this. Why not? I can't shield a guilty man. Nonsense, you idiot. I am as innocent as you are. Then why do you send me away? No, Dr. Jarvis, this is plain to me. You killed him. I killed him? cried the doctor. Yes, but you are not a murderer at heart. Some accident led to this. Tell me how it happened, and if it is, as I think, I will go. I tell you I am innocent. I had nothing to do with this man's disappearance. Despite Alnick's ingenuity, Dr. Jarvis stuck to this assertion. There was nothing left for Nick, in the character of Cleary, except to pretend to believe it. He resolved to accept the doctor's bribe. This was almost necessary, for in any case he would be obliged to remove Clary. After this conversation, it would not be safe to leave the negro there. The doctor would, of course, discover that some trick had been played upon him as soon as he mentioned the events of the night to Clary. The results which would follow such a discovery Nick wished to avoid. He, therefore, with great caution, accepted the proposal and received a large sum as the first installment of the blackmail. As to the doctor's real intentions, Nick was in some doubt. It seemed probable that he meant to sacrifice Cleary to secure his own safety in case it became necessary. If Cleary ran away, it would be easy to divert suspicion to him. The case against Dr. Jarvis looked very plain. Innocent men do not take such desperate measures, and yet... Nick was far from reaching a definite opinion in the case. He returned to Cleary's room, and it required a good deal of skill to keep the doctor out of it. If he had entered, and had seen two Clearys, it is hard to say what desperation would have led him to do. For an instant, Nick had an idea of letting him do it, and then attempt to secure a true statement of the case with the aid of the shock which the doctor would have sustained on discovering how he had been duped but second thought showed him the necessity for a different procedure. From Cleary's window, he signaled for Chick, who was in waiting near the wall, and to him he delivered the unconscious form of the negro. Then he returned to take his leave of the doctor, a difficult business, which he managed with great skill. This done, he secretly left the hospital. What had been the true meaning of the night's events? It puzzled him to say, was the body on the slab that of Patrick Deaver, or had the doctor gone through in his sleep the act which he intended to perform later with the real body? Nick thought that the latter was more probable. He was inclined to believe that the body of Deaver might be concealed about the building. If so, he would find it. Reflecting thus, he passed outside the hospital walls. Three men were approaching along St. Nicholas Avenue. Two of these he quickly recognized as Chick and Lawrence Deaver. The other was unknown to him. Evidently, Chick had sent Cleary away in a carriage, which they had kept waiting near the hospital during the evening. How he had met Deaver, Nick could not guess. He went forward to meet the three men. He had removed the disguise in which he had deceived the doctor, 
and was now as Deaver had seen him before. Deaver recognized him at once, and started forward, saying, "'You asked for proof of my brother's death. I will give it to you. Here is a man who saw him buried.' And he pointed to the stranger. End of section 23 Recording by Nancy Cochran Gergen, Gilbert, Arizona